All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, there's the sting. Nico Smith, <laughs> our petrol head on the couch with a cup of coffee. I know. Are you? Hello, Nico. Can you hear me, Michelle? Yeah, Hello? I can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Clearly, about a uh, four out of five. About a four um, out of five. Jeez, I, yes. I'm sorry it's not a five out of five. Exactly, but that's fine. I can hear you clearly. So it's a lovely um, spring day. The sun is shining. Uh, I'm having a <laughs> coffee. I'm speaking to you. What could be better? What could be better? Sure. What kind of cup of coffee did you make yourself? I made myself uh, the usual cortado, which is a half coffee and half foam. And yeah. So it's not too much milk. Um, it's a nice kick for the morning. This morning I battled to wake up, so it's now... Um, this is my second kick for the morning, so I'm really pumped up. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. So you are really pumped up, and I know that you want to talk about the Merc, um, the diverse yes. and different Mercs that there are in the new electric um, sphere. Tell us about it. That's it. So Mercedes-Benz um, um, have launched a range of electric cars. Um, what I've noticed recently is more and more people are aware of electric cars, more and more people are talking about electric cars, um, of course, we, um, I don't want to say we have no choice, but the car manufacturers are definitely pushing in that direction mm. um, uh, towards electric cars. Um, worldwide, it's a big push. So in South Africa, um, uh, people still are hesitant and not, uh, not sure, but um, if I look at the infrastructure, it's growing rapidly. The car manufacturers themselves are investing in, 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 in charging stations. Um, and also, I recently read that Kia, or now in the week, Kia said they also want to bring out some electric models. They've got some interesting electric models uh, internationally as well. So I think the, the the curve is now climbing. It's like a bell curve, and you know, this, I think the curve is climbing. More and more people are getting aware of that. And with all of that, Mercedes-Benz have launched four new electric cars onto the market. I'm going to briefly just touch on each, Michelle. Sure. There's not enough time to, to talk about all of them, and hopefully I'll get some of them for a for a test period, and then we can cover them in a little bit more detail. The first one would be the Mercedes-Benz EQA. Um, the EQA, um, um, three of these cars are actually based on um, ICE platforms. In other words, they basically, or they're based on uh, petrol or diesel derivatives or internal combustion engine cars that have been converted into electric cars. The EQA is no exception. It's, um, of course, um, uh, yeah, effectively based on the A-class. So... Um, the EQA uh, is the entry-level um, SUV. It's got a 140-kilowatt engine. Um, and I think with electric cars, two things are the important things. It's all about what is the price and what is the range. Um, yeah. Now, we've got to look at the range just before I get to the range of all these cars. Um, electric cars are mostly going to be charged at home, and that's the beauty of them. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when I talk to them, they say, okay, how many charging stations and where do you charge? But actually, you're charging at home most of the time. That's the, the beauty of electric cars. You only uh, really want to charge if you go on a long-distance trip. But I would think 90% of the time, you stop at home, you plug it in, you charge. Um, and that makes it easy. So um, the EQA is the entry-level with 140 kilowatt. The, the WLTP, in other words, the claimed range is 429 kilometers. Uh, the battery is 65 or 66 kilowatt hours. So as battery goes, it's not too big. It's a fairly, let's say, call it a medium battery or slightly on the smaller side. But 429 kilometers is not seeming like a lot if you do town driving every day um actually as i said you know if you, you that's a lot of driving and you stop at night charge it at, at the next day you're ready to go with a full battery again um 
currently, uh, you know, this is the entry level car. It's still beyond the means of most people, um, but already um, it, it makes it a afford- more affordable car because currently, if you look at most electric cars, um, they are over the one and a half, the two, two and a half million rand. So this one is 1.1, let's call it 1.17 million rand. Yeah. So close to 1.2 million rand. And of course, um, all these cars have an eight-year, 160,000-kilometer battery warranty. Um, and I think we're talking about electric cars. You shouldn't. Uh, a lot of people want to sort of compare that to their phone and say, you know what, the phone battery is going to last me two, maybe three years if I'm lucky. With a warranty that's eight years and 160,000 kilometers, that shouldn't be anything that worries you. So that's basically the EQA. I don't know if you have some pictures of the EQA. You can see. Yeah. Tell me what you think of it. Well, I'm looking at them and they look very nice. I just want to ask you something. You say that um, price and range are the two most critical things when we start to look at um, electric cars and electric vehicles. And, I mean, you know, the cars that you've been suggesting over the last couple of weeks when we were looking at electric cars have included the Audi, have included the... um, The Volvo XC40 Recharge. Yeah, Audi, Volvo, Merc, etc., now these mm-hmm. are obviously even if they're not electric, these are these are high range cars, I mean, as mm-hmm. in costly cars. Yeah. And I suppose my question um, is to say, if we get more and more cars doing this, are we going to see the price going down? I don't think I don't think the price will drop of the premium manufacturers. Um, so if I take one of the cars in this range, the EQ EQC. It was actually launched about in 2018 internationally. And when these cars were launched, uh, there weren't a lot of electric cars around. BMW, of course, had the iX3, which was running for, for a long time already. So um, they were, were in that market already. They, they understood it well, even though it was a small little car. They also had the i8, but that was a hybrid. Um, then you had uh, the Nissan Leaf, which was really not a big success, but it was mm. a, a trendsetter. So a lot of these cars... Um, Initially, when they were launched, only the big manufacturers launched them because they had the money to do the research. But also, um, uh, you know, the early adopters, when you start something, are the ones that that um, uh, that buy the cars. And probably a lot of them are the ones that have lots of money because if if if, if this is starting new and range isn't like other cars, and uh, then people aren't necessarily going to be that. That's going to be their only car because initially the range wasn't. The range is improving all the time. So let's say you have an electric car, the range isn't fabulous and you can only buy one car, you're not necessarily going to buy an electric car. So when electric cars were launched, they weren't really launched as everyday cars anyway. They were launched as more cars that would be probably your second, could even be your third car, and they were for the early adopters. But what you see, if you just compare, look in Europe. In Europe, um, all the, 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 let's call it the, I don't want to call them entry-level manufacturers, but the manufacturers in the middle range have electric cars, like Kia. Kia's got a few electric cars. Um, wow. available. Volkswagen's got a few electric cars available. Opel's got a few electric cars and they have smaller cars like even an electric version of the Corsa um, yeah. is available internationally. Now, um, I think the, 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 the other manufacturers are, are, are we're, we're, our market and our thinking in South Africa is a little bit behind that. People are unsure about it. People um, don't know what to think about it. If you look at Europe, if you look at anybody that's been in Europe in the last, well, after, let's say after COVID or even before COVID, you could hire electric cars like you would hire any other car at the airport. You see lots of electric cars. So they're way ahead of, of us in their thinking and accepting electric cars. So for, let's say, something like Kia, initially it would be a risk to bring the cars in because if people aren't ready, their mindset aren't ready, uh, isn't ready in their mindset, the infrastructure isn't strong enough, then people might not buy the cars, and that means the investment that they've put in 
doesn't make it worthwhile. So I think um, the smaller manufacturers are sitting back a little bit and saying, okay, well, BMW's launch cars, Audi's launch cars, Mercedes-Benz are now launching cars. Okay, let's launch cars as well ourselves because uh, the, the mindset in South Africa is changing now. So I think that's the reason, Michelle, why we first see these, let's call them more expensive electric cars. It depends on, of course, your buying power and my buying mm. power, but the people that can afford them, it's no issue. But it's more, okay, oh, I'm seeing more electric cars. I'm seeing more of it in the news. I'm, I'm seeing more awareness of it. Um, okay, well, the acceptance is getting better. Um, well, let's consider something that's also now more entry-level. So currently, again, at, at 1 million rand, it's beyond most people's means. Mm. But it's, I think it's, it's the trendsetters that are still buying them. But as people are more aware and people, it become, people start accepting more electric cars more readily, I think, then we'll see more people um, buying them because the other brands like Kia will bring in more entry-level cars. And then Volkswagen, for instance, will follow suit with their more entry-level electric cars. But I still not see them below half a million rand. When they do come in, they'll probably still be at 600 or 700,000 rand, which is still not cheap because the investment in electric cars a lot. The battery is expensive there. And if I put it to you in a different way, if you, if you go to, let's say you go to buy a brand new TV, the latest TV tech is QLED and 8K. Now, if you buy a TV like that, you don't walk into the shop and they say, well, this is a discount. That new technology is actually more expensive than the rest of the TVs. And the same with electric cars, the investment in the cost is still a lot more. So they're still seen as high tech as opposed to petrol or diesel. That's why there'll always be a bit of a premium. That's a long answer. <laughs> okay, when we come back, I want to talk about the thing of range and the charging points, because you mentioned price, okay. range, and charging points, and I've got some thoughts mm-hmm. on that, or questions, rather. We'll go to the break, and uh, when we come back, we'll go to that question. Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're chatting to our petrol head, Nico Smith, and we are talking about um, the new Merck electric cars that have come out, talking about those issues of price, etc., Nick, I was thinking about the um, we, we, a car that is expensive, but what the cost would be once you don't pay for petrol. I mean, I'm thinking how it costs me a thousand rand to fill my tank now with the cost of petrol, um, and and whether that that price that those kinds of costs would go down, or whether there would be other you, costs. Okay, so let's look at the, I mean, let's do a little bit of math. Um, I'm not sure what the price of per kilowatt hour is at home. I think it's about two rand sixty. It could vary a little bit, but if you take the batteries, uh, let's just so we'll do a bit of math quickly as we speak. So the battery size of the EQA is mm. sixty-six kilowatt hours. In other words, uh, but you normally don't use all of that. So I'm going to just say fifty-five uh, kilowatt hours. That's the usable, and then the, that means there's nothing in the car times two point six. That means it'll be one hundred and forty-three rands <laughs> to fill this battery. Wow. <laughs> and get four and get four hundred and twenty nine kilometers. So one hundred and forty three rands to fill the battery. And yeah, I mean, if you think about that, suddenly you're like, whoa, that makes a big difference. Of course, the price of the car is more, but it's not going to cost you a lot of money to fill the battery. Yeah, with energy. And and so, and if um the charging points. I mean, everybody's always asking about charging points. Are um, some of the um, car manufacturers actually supporting by mm. coming and putting the, 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 what do you call it, the, the charging, the the charging point put, yeah. in, your, in your email? About, oh, about three weeks ago, in your, in your in, in the, supporting the charging network, about three weeks ago, Audi uh, introduced a host of um, um, charges themselves as an example. So Audi paid for, for um, quite a few charges in the South African network. 
um, recently. Yeah. And I'm sure BMW and Mercedes-Benz will be the same because um, the, the part of that, uh, the growing uh, acceptance is the infrastructure of that. So yeah. you'll simply see that if you go to a shopping mall and you park there, you might see a, a charging station that's branded Jaguar. Then you know Jaguar is actually the one that's paid for that or sponsoring that. So they, the, the manufacturers tend to also um, um, put their branding on those charges. But again, if I, if I just look at it, where it's going to be charged, the public network isn't actually used that much because you want to charge at home. As an ex- you know, if, let's say it's 260 per kilowatt hour when you're charging. Mm. That, that's what you're paying for electricity for a unit. Um, if you go to a public charge, it might, up to be, might be up to 570 per kilowatt hour. So why would you go to a shopping center and charge there when you have to wait and walk around? Well, you can just stop at home after work, plug it in 12 hours later because if you get home at 6 and leave at 6, you've had 12 hours of charging. Let's say there's 4 hours of load shedding. still have 8 hours of charging. You know, the car will be ready the next morning to go again. So the convenience of just charging at home and filling the tank for 140, if you make it 150 rand and getting 400 kilometers, hey, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So that's something I would... And as I've said, I, I, driving them in town... Um, they're the best town cars, electric cars. They really are because they're quiet, they're comfortable, um, they're convenient drivers. And living in a, in a big city, it's quite easy. Of course, if you're living in Uppington, they, they don't make sense because you, there's no charging station between Gauteng and Uppington or Cape Town and Uppington. So the network has to grow more. But living in a city, they make sense. Living in a small town, it depends on where the town is. Um, uh, you know, that has an effect. Recently, I went to, uh, on Monday, I went to Groberstal for a funeral and I was considering taking an electric car, but the problem was I wasn't sure about there's no network there. So currently I couldn't drive to Hallbristol and back and say, okay, I can safely do it without worrying about the rain. So yes, some long distance trips are an issue, but I would say actually for 99.9% of the time, you're going to charge it down and that makes it convenient. Well, it does make you think about the fact that maybe um, they should be developing a bucky, which is an electric car. <laughs> Yeah, they actually have overseas. So if you have, um, uh, Rivian has an electric bucky overseas, which is doing quite well. I actually, <laughs> this is, I know this is going to be weird. Um, a doctor, um, so in the Rivian bucky, um, you can actually charge the, the uh, you can use it as a power source, you know, like a power bank or yeah. like you have. Um, so I read an article, I need to just find that article quickly as you speak. In America, there was a doctor that um, uh, performed a vasectomy um, using the energy from his uh, Rivian Bucky because the, the guy that wanted that, there was a power outage. And I'll, I'll forward you the oh, link to I the article. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, I think yeah. I did see that. Yeah, so he used his Rivian as an energy source um, so he could perform that the procedure because the power was out, but the Bucky could be used as basically a big battery bank. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yes, um, already there are Buckies around. Ford, of course, has also got... The F-150 Lightning, I think that's a fabulous thing. I wouldn't mind an F-150 Lightning Bucky. And they, I think you can, they've actually promoted it where they have the F-150 Lightning. And they, you can charge your house. Um, if the battery is full and you have no energy, you can charge the house. Uh, or you can use the energy from the Bucky in the house. And they actually had a promotional thing where they were charging a Tesla. So they had a, a cable from the uh, F-150 to a Tesla charging the Tesla. Jeez. So, yes, can be done. Nico, very briefly, um, I think it was Greg, one of our listeners was asking about um, the carbon footprint of an electric car um, and what, what, well, what those there lies the be. There lies the rub. The car itself is very low carbon footprint um, because um, you know, when you're driving, it, uh, the footprint's quite low. The, the, the energy that goes into the car is the question. So if you're using coal, of course, then you've got to realize that 
um, the coal, it's not the clean energy. There are, or you can also um, have a discussion around the batteries and say, you know, some of the materials in the batteries are scarce materials. Mm. Um, uh, so th- there's always that discussion that you could have. But then you can go back to the argument about internal combustion engines and, and the CO2. So this probably could be a circle that goes on and on and on because each one has benefits and, 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 and problems. The car manufacturers are measured on CO2, which means if, they, if you drive an electric car, you're not measuring any CO2 at the exhaust. So that's why they're going that route. But the argument about um, um, the material, uh, rare materials in the battery and, and, and coal power is also a, a, it's a, valid, it's a valid argument towards where the electricity is generated. So if you can do anything, it's Norway as an example. Norway has a lot of clean energy. So Norway has a lot of hydroelectric energy um, that charges their cars. But uh, unfortunately, in my mind, the Norwegians are slight hypocrites as well, or big ones, because they're the biggest oil supplier in Europe. Okay, we seem to have lost Nico. Okay, we're not sure what happened, but Nico definitely disappeared. And we do have a, a couple of questions for him as well, but we'll have to get back to that one later. We'll try and get him on the line. Talking about uh, electric cars, focusing on the price, the range, the charging points, uh, Kat wanting to know what happens if there are only um, public, uh, uh, what do you call them, public charging points, and then you have queues. Um, there's Hi, Nick. I'm back. I'm back. So, so I was just quickly saying that in Norway, they've got lots of clean energy, which is good to power the electric cars, but they're yeah. also Europe's biggest supplier of oil. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. Yeah, so they're trying to balance it out, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what they're doing. Great, great for them. Yes, they're balancing the oil out. Um, yeah. So, but effectively, um, um, you know, there is, that's a good argument, or an argument you could have. And certainly one that I think that's worthwhile to kind of like, as you start to measure it, to start to say, well, what are we measuring against, etc. Nico, very, very quickly, we've ha- got a question from someone asking um, about the Mercedes-Benz, not the mm. um, electric but just saying the seven-seater that is affordable and not an SUV, um, what do you think about it? A seven-seater Mercedes-Benz that's affordable and not an SUV? Yeah. Are they saying, what is, there's no Merc that's affordable or seven-seater. Well, affordable, I, I guess it depends, <laughs> but they, um, if you're looking at affordability, um, I don't know if you're talking about the GLS, which is a seven-seater Mercedes-Benz. That starts at 1.9 million up to about 3.2 million. Oh. So I'm not sure what seven seater you or is it the V class? Are you talking about the the, the V class or the Vito? Um, those the Vito, I guess, which is the seven seater, starts at about six hundred seventy one thousand. But oh. those are great cars. You know, they they have a lot of space inside. They uh, yeah, definitely. If you're considering a seven seater, uh, if that's what you're talking about, the Vito, they yeah, I, I think they're great cars. Um, you know, those things are nice to drive with when you sit up high in space and a lot of people <laughs> inside and the vibe in the car. It's actually fabulous. Well, there we go. That's uh, the question from Ace in the Eastern Cape. So I hope uh, that answers that one. Nico, thanks so much, my friend. When are you coming into studio again? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for next week. Um, maybe we'll ask for the week later, let you and I have a conversation. I, I did promise next week. Um, I might ask to extend it to the week after. So either next week or the week after, but I'm coming in soon. With a tiny Betty's chocolate cake. And, and the a recipe. Coffee. And, and a homemade coffee. coffee. Time for the news. Good morning.